there. Yeah, yeah. You're in. Uh, you're training in Florida. You're at Florida State. Yes, sir. That is correct. Got the flag up there. <laughs> that is so awesome. Where did now? Where did you transfer from? So I did my uh, undergrad and master's at uh, University of Memphis in Tennessee. There. Okay. So I was there for five years, and then, you know, COVID. Uh, yeah, COVID happened, and then I took yeah. a red shirt, and uh, that's how I got six years out of it. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Um, I'm just gonna uh, do the the podcast end up. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm so so green at this. Um, welcome to Raise the Bar, the podcast um, by Troy Haynes here with the Sky High and Flight Jump Camps. I am honored to have uh, Jordan Wessner with me. Um, this is a, a young man that I saw on uh, Instagram doing hellacious dunks from all over the place. Uh, most of what I've seen on your feed is dunking. And then I did some backtracking and saw the high jump. And of course, being a former high jumper and a coach, I was very interested and um Jordan was gracious enough to allow me to post some of his jumps on my feed, which doesn't always happen. I get a lot of people that say yes, but I do get a few people that say no. And uh, he was gracious to share. Um, and I needed to get a couple of, of uh, more facts out of you, Jordan. Your your personal best high jump is what? Two meters, 27, so seven, five and a quarter. Seven, five and a quarter. I remember that height well. That was a, a height that I couldn't get. Um <laughs> 227. My best was 222 at UCLA back in 1986, probably before you were born. So uh, that was, I spent a couple of years chasing after four and a quarter and then five because the Olympic trial standard kept going up. So uh, yeah, five and a quarter, I think was what it was in 92, which was my last attempt. So two, to go 227 was the, was the A standard in 92? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and so you jumped seven, five and a quarter, and that was while you were at in Memphis. So I did that at Memphis, and then I just did that at our uh, the ACC conference championships for Florida State here. Okay, so you matched so that. that was about four, yeah. yeah, about a month ago. What was the what is the A standard then for the trials this year? So the A standard has been raised to two thirty three, so wow. seven seven and three quarters, I believe that is. So yeah, the A standard is. I mean, I, to 2016 Rio, I believe it was 229. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, now they just, it's up to 233, but I think we have four guys in the country with that standard right now. So that's not much of a trial. So then they're going to have to go down to the, the, what you say, the B standard. how does that, how does that work? So you have the A standard and then you have the, I think they kind of did away with the B standard, but the B standard is essentially just the automatic qualifying mark for the Olympic trials. So if you hit the 226, um, you automatically go to the Olympic trials. Otherwise, they'll just backtrack top 24 in the country. So okay. I believe 219 right now is in for the Olympic trials. Really? Because um, they just backtrack 24 people, right? So you also have to declare for that. So I think there's more than 24 people in the world who jumped, or 24 people in the country who jumped over 219. Sure. But um, I just don't think enough people declared. So they just took the yeah. 24 who did declare. Wow, that's so interesting. I, I feel like uh, things have gotten harder and easier. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, when I jumped 222 my senior year at UCLA, that was just enough to get to the NC2A finals. That was it. There was no regionals. There was no nothing like that back then. So, um, you know, that was uh, my career best right at the, you know, three quarters away through my senior year. And that got me to my one and only NC2A finals. So, um, and there were 23 guys that made that standard that I remember being there at that meet. So, wow. that, so they that, just took a, they just took a lump sum of people. They didn't, you didn't have a regional meet then. That right. was it. It was just straight through. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No regionals at all. That's the other thing I've been noticing recently because I have some uh, clients and, you know, competitors that, you know, you're going against that are like, Oh yeah, I'm at the, you know, the NC2A regional out here and it's only six eleven. And I'm like, <laughs> I had to jump two yeah. meters in just to get to the PAC 12 championship. So I'm like, what, what was going on with that? I could have gone for more years. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, the other questions I had, uh, Jordan, um, was, let me see. We can always edit this out later. Okay, we talked about the Olympic trials, and then we talked about your colleges. What about uh, high school? Where'd you go to high school? Were you in? Were you born and raised in Tennessee, or did you come from out of state? 
So I'm actually from uh, Wisconsin, born and raised in Wisconsin, a small town called uh, Green Lake, Wisconsin. It's actually the deepest lake in Wisconsin. Fun right. fact. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had 900 people in my town. I graduated with uh, 17 students in my class, and I think we had just over 90 in our entire high school. Wow. So a very small high school, yeah. Okay. And so what, what was the uh, motivation to get out of Wisconsin? Did you need a lot of motivation <laughs> to get out of Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, the the winters, man. That that's what did it for me. You know, our track season would start in March, so I believe March fifth was the first start date, and we would go till June. Usually, June third was state, right? And the entire the entire uh, you know month of March, we really didn't practice. So it was just indoors in the hallways. We'd be running. He'd have me dunking on the basketball court, but uh, we couldn't get on the track a lot of times because it's snow covered. Sure. So, you know, you just had April, May. Yeah, really, April and May, and that was it. <laughs> Super short season, yeah. So that got you to Memphis. And what were the, who were your main suitors at that time when you were coming out of high school? Was there a lot to choose from? Well, so I jumped 211 in high school one time. Um, so that's 611 and a half. That's 611 and a half. Um, but I mean, really my average, if you look at my average on whatever athletic done that, I did my average jump was probably a 6'4 bar, about a 194. Uh-huh. Um, so really, I didn't get a lot of attention until my junior year when I jumped at 211. Yeah. So, um, see, that's what I like about track a lot. You know, you hit a mark and then you have coaches contacting you versus basketball. You know, you have to play the AAU, you have to spend the money traveling, all that. I, I just prefer the individual sports like track and field. Right. So, you know, you just hit that mark. And, uh, you know, I had University of Memphis was definitely the top ones. Uh, University of Minnesota. I had uh, Florida A&M was actually one of my top schools I was going to choose. And, you know, it really just all came down to money for me. Um, you know, because, you know, track, you have 12 and a half scholarships to divide among sometimes 30 something kids, um, 30 something men, whereas the woman, I believe, have 18. Right. right. But, uh, so you're just scrapping for scholarship money, man. That, that's what it came down to. And uh, Memphis gave me essentially a full scholarship out of high school. Uh, Florida A&M was similar. And, you know, I had tons of offers from other schools. It was just, you know, here's 30 percent. Right. Here's 20 percent. And, uh, you know, I understand recruiting a high jumper is a little bit more difficult and stuff like that. But uh yeah, that, that's, those were the three big ones. I had Minnesota, which was a good offer, um, University of Memphis, and Florida a Yeah, to explain to the, to the listeners on, on my podcast uh, what Jordan's talking about, the, the lack of scholarships and then the difficulty in recruiting a high jumper is, uh, you know, for instance, when I was at UCLA, the, the core of the team is the sprint core because yeah. you get one athlete, he runs 100 to 200, he runs four by one, and he may or may not run, you know, a relay either four by one or four by four. And then he also with that kind of speed, maybe a long jumper, right? So you have one guy covering all kinds of different bases for you. Whereas no knock on most high jumpers, myself included, but I was just a high jumper. So, you know, if you're going to recruit a high jumper and give them a scholarship, you're kind of limiting yourself in, in some ways because they're not really going to usually branch out. And that's not always the case. There are some outrageously good high jumpers that also long and triple and, and do those kinds of things. But I didn't have any of those talents. So that, <laughs> when that came down to that, right. um, that's interesting that, that you bring that up. And then you were mentioning that you like your, um, your individual sports. Did you play any basketball or football in high school? I did. Uh, I played basketball. I ran a little bit of cross country just because my brother did that. Um, that was miserable. Um, you know, you, especially <laughs> when you go from, you know, run the 5k and then you go to bat right into basketball season. Yeah. You know, that first week is, it almost felt like I couldn't dunk a ball because you're going from such slow, slow twitch muscles, all that, you know, for, you know, 17, 18 minutes straight. And then you just go on a basketball court with just, you know, fast twitch, trying to move around. And it was just after my sophomore year, I just couldn't do it. I came out my junior year. I tried it for a week cross country and I just didn't have, it's a different mindset. You have to have a different mindset to be a distance runner. And uh, first off, I I wasn't very talented in it, (laughs) you know, naturally talented, totally different totally different muscle fiber and uh yeah i just couldn't get into it but no basketball and uh, track were my main sports and uh, a little bit of boxing so that, okay. that's what i so i did so you did play high school basketball because uh, when you get a chance uh this to the the listeners again you gotta go to jordan's uh jordan the jump man westner and i'm telling you these dunks are outrageous and have you dunked <laughs> from the free throw line yet it sure looks like you can Yes. Yeah. I have, I think about three, maybe two inches behind the free throw line is my best. I have that one on my uh, Instagram there. Yeah. Um, I actually tried a four step. So I tried to skip into four steps, do a jam from the free throw line. I 
my heel was on the line. I couldn't, I, you yeah. need a lot of speed. So the, sure. I mean, that kind of goes to the whole long jump, right? That's why a high jumpers are usually stuck high jumping because we're not usually the fastest. We're not, you, you know, we don't have that endurance, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. So the, yeah, the free throw line about two inches behind it. So I'm getting there. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, I was my first guest on my very first podcast. You're, I think you're going to end up being the fourth one. I have, I have three in the can already, meaning, in the can meaning in, in filmmaker logo i guess you shot it but it's not <laughs> so I've, I've only had one produced but um you're you're my second uh guest from uh instagram fame first is how i came across you um my other one was uh um aaron washa who has his the wash on wash off stuff he's oh really yeah i don't know if <laughs> that's cool aaron, but he's a guy who did the six foot box jump the two-footed yeah 72 inches yeah. right yeah, so he was really gracious, spent, spent some time with me, and uh, we talked about a lot of training and everything. So my brain just went to um, how was it that you became, you know, from a 6'11 high jumper in high school, which, you know, uh, those of you that know out there um, listening to the podcast, you know, 6'11 in high school is, is a good high school jump. You can win your state meet sometimes at 6'11. Uh, depends on your state, depends on the year. You know, I, I chose a, <laughs> a bad year. My senior year at CIF, I was lucky enough that Mike Powell, who ended up breaking the world record in long jump, was a 7-1 high jumper in high school and, and an all-CIF uh, California basketball player. But um, he had graduated. And my junior year, there were like four seven-footers in the field at some of the big invitations really? we went to. One guy, was name was Anthony Kerr, who I would love to catch up with one of these days. I keep throwing these names out, hoping that people will start networking and say, hey, you got to get in touch with – Troy's in his podcast, but this guy jumped four and a half at, at USC and Mike Powell was at, at UC Irvine for, we're not sure why, but he ended up coming to UCLA, um, both mine and his senior year. He had to give up a year of eligibility to come. Um, but yeah, anyway, loaded years sometimes. And so you're like six eleven, that should be great. And you're like, at the same time, there's guys that have jumped seven, three, seven, four, seven, five in high school. I think Dothell Edwards jumped seven, five or six. I remember I, yeah. I read about him when I was in college at UCLA and then I ended up jumping against him that one year. I did make it to the NC2A finals from Georgia, yeah, seven, six in high school. I'm not sure what the high school record is still, but we had a guy in uh, California named Maurice Crumbie, who was three time state champ, jumped seven, four, something like that. Wasn't the state meet record, but it was high up on the state record for sure. And then he went to Arizona. So I jumped against him for years, but how did you get from six eleven to seven, five and a quarter? That seems like, you know, six inches of improvement in a pretty short time. How did that come about? Yeah. You know, um, so my time at Memphis, I've had six different, I've had five different coaches at Memphis and uh, with Keith, Keith Hurston here at Florida state, that's, he's my sixth coach. Um, just totally every coach brings in a different training philosophy. Right. Um, completely different. I mean, I've had one, you know, side of the spectrum where you're doing 800 meter runs and the next side, we're not going to run over hundred meters right. the entire year. Um, so just totally different training philosophies. And, you know, I learned so much, I learned so much from all these coaches. It's honestly, it's, it's been a, it's been a blessing in disguise working with six different coaches because, it, you know, at one point you like to have that personal relationship with a coach, you know, that, you know, you can just get in that four year routine of a good training program. But uh, at the same time, you're learning so much from different people, you know, with six different coaches, I've learned what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Right. right. Um, I think the biggest thing coming right out of college, uh, I mean, right out of high school was uh, the weights program. Right. So in, uh, in high school, I never picked up a weight. I never touched weight. I was just on the basketball court. You know, I just tried to jump as high as I could. That was it. I mean, every practice, we'd basically be high jumping. That was it. Yeah. a little bit of sprints here and there. And then also I ran the 800. Right. Um, so the biggest thing for me was getting in the weight room, doing those squats, doing the, the Olympic lifts, stuff like that, just getting explosive and just working on explosive movements. Right. Um, for me, short and powerful. You, you don't need to be running those repeat 800. You don't need it for a high jumper. I take 36, uh, 36 foot approach. Right. You know, I don't need to be doing 60 second runs you know, in the off season, you know, the high jump shape is different than long jump and triple jump shape. I think they're completely different. Yeah. You know, you need to be in completely different shape to be a long jumper than you do to be a high jumper. Um, with that being said, I, I think the training can, you know, go similar, but, uh, to answer your question, definitely the weight room. I think that's where it really hit off. Yeah. So, um, 
again, for our listeners that may not be familiar with uh, jump training or interested, obviously, if you're listening and you're, you're listening to some top flight American jumpers like Jordan, um, what kind of lifting are you talking about? I know kind of what you're hinting at, but um, the Olympic lifts being your squats, your uh, cleans, hang cleans. Yep. Power clean, power hang clean. clean. Just, just snatch, a, little bit a little bit. A little bit. Some That's coaches have more on snaps. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say anything explosive. Um, the biggest thing for me, it's not an Olympic lift, obviously, but we're the quarter squats. Yes. Um, you know, I think if you're an athlete starting off, I think deep squats are a necessity. But, you know, once you get that base foundation of strength, you don't need to be in a, a deep, you're never going to be in a deep squatting position whenever you're taking off in high jump. Absolutely. So whenever I see, I see some of these coaches, you know, they have that more football style mentality. We're going to go ask the grass in the squat. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, that, that's not, that's not beneficial. I don't think that's going to be very beneficial for a jumper at all. You know, cause you're right. never, ever going to be in that position when you're taking off. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, for exactly. So the, the big thing I think really was the quarter squats, you know, once you get that weight on there and you're moving that yeah. weight quick and in, in those positions that are similar to the high jump takeoff, that's whenever I really noticed my vertical exploded. It just went off. Okay. Was, uh, did you do a lot of ju- uh, jump squats then jump quarter jump squats or just a little bit? So, I mean, uh, after you get down with the quarter squats, you know, whatever amount of reps you're doing, um, coaches vary a lot from that too i've had coaches do you know three sets of 10 and then i've had coaches say hey we're not doing over three sets of five you know and even in the off season breaking all the way down to you know three sets of two even right um so after you get i don't i don't really like doing stuff with weight on my back in terms of like jumping so you know as soon as you get off the you know the quarter squats or whatever you get on the you know you do a couple depth jumps you know just get that reaction time that explosive energy back um you know, really just trying to buzz up that central nervous system, you know, <laughs> blow it up. I, I was fortunate enough to have a, a jump coach um, my senior year at UCLA. I, I looked at and found some kind of a jump help a little bit outside of the UCLA umbrella and, and found this little Romanian coach at uh, Long Beach City College named Baru Elias. And uh, he has coached two seven eight jumpers, um, Brian Stanton, who made the team in 96. Mm-hmm. And he coached a, a man named Dennis Lewis, who jumped seven, eight and a quarter, which I forget the story behind that, but it wasn't like a sanctioned height or something. I can't, I can't remember. It's, I don't know what the metric worked out to, but anyway, he had two, seven, eight jumpers in his stable. Wow. And we, um, you know, when I hear about these, uh, you know, the different type, types of training and, you know, the philosophies and everything else, it's, it's always so curious to me because I, I, most of the stuff that's inside my head is from Elias. So, um, the thing that I've been noticing these last few years talking with athletes and trainers, if, if you guys know anything about me, I'm, I am just to death curious about what other guys do. Like uh, I, my second uh, podcast was with Doug Nordquist who jumped seven, eight, three quarters. And he was on the team in, in 84. He's one of Dwight's cousins. And um, he, you know, you get these guys in room and you say, okay, what did you do? And, and it's like pulling teeth with them. You know, it's like, they don't want to let go of their secrets. You know, how, how I did yeah. it, you know, it's going to be a posthumous book that you find, you know, next to the grave, like how I jumped that high, you know, and um, it's, I'm always the one, like, I want to be the fly on the wall so I can hear, you know, what's really going on. Um, what I've been interested in these last couple months talking with Aaron uh, Washa was about, and this again, I keep wanting to get you two guys together because he's uh, a super explosive, you know, six foot uh, receiver type. He's trying to make it in the NFL at age 29. Um, <laughs> never played any college ball, right? He's a Michigan State grad, uh, kinesiology and all that stuff. He's been uh, his team, his, uh, I think he went back to his high school. He told me and he was the, uh, you know, the sport, the athletic trainer, you know, not the, the weight room guy, you know, the guy that does all the sports training. I'm not coming up with the right term, Aaron. I'm forgive me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> um, he, he did that. And then he, he, once he started training seriously with his own knowledge again, he was like, wow, why he went to four years of Michigan state and didn't do anything. So he comes back and now he's been training for the, and he played some arena football league and he's trying to make an NFL. Right. And, uh, you know, 72 inch boxing, crazy athlete. And he, so he's, he's telling me about this training. I'm just curious if you've heard of it. It's called, um, triphasic training where there's an emphasis between concentric, you know, eccentric and also, um, static. Um, what's the term isometric. So he he was telling me and, and the listeners about, you know, 
everybody's used to eccentric movements where you're decelerating the weight as it falls down, right? And concentric is going against gravity. And then he said his biggest gains, when I asked him about how he got to the 72-inch box jump, the way we're talking about you was 7.5, how did you get there? And he said, well, I did this triphasic training. And, and he went into great detail about how important the isometrics was in holding some of these positions you know, at slow speeds. So I found that really interesting. And the other thing that I've been noticing is a trend. And this is from me being on Instagram and watching all this stuff, you know, that I'm seeing on these feeds, but a lot of single leg work I've been noticing both single leg deadlifts, single leg squats now, pistol squats, you know, and I'm, you know, thinking like you and I are talking, I'm like, you know, just like in the, the high jump, you never get to that 90 degree angle, you know, where you're like this, like you're saying, right. The knee never bends that much. It might go 10 degrees before you snap off of it. It's the same reason, you know, I, I've had kids doing standing backovers and they can do backovers five feet, five, two, five, four. And off one leg, they don't look anything like that in the air. Mm-hmm. They don't hit the same positions. They don't do anything. I'm like, well, what's the difference? I'm like, well, that's a two footed jump. And the one's a one footed jump. It's totally different. You know, so I'm thinking along the lines of uh, sport specificity, you know, and saying, well, maybe the same way you and I were talking about that base program where, you know, maybe at the beginning of the year, you do some full squats, but towards the end of the year, we're getting higher and higher and higher because we need to get, we don't need to get that low anyway. And you start really pounding those quarter squats at heavy weights. My brain is going, why are we even bothering with the other leg? (laughs) I was like, I need that leg to be explosive and fast and run like you're saying on the curve. But I also need this leg to be, you know, awesome. My my left leg's got to be really kicking. So those are the kinds of things I've been thinking about in my training the last six, seven months, ever since Instagram. Wow. What do you think about these things? I just rambled for like 10 minutes. What do you think? <laughs> well, no, you. I think it's an important note. You know, you notice, uh, I don't know if you follow Isaiah Rivera or uh, John Evans, um, the jump doctor on Instagram or anything like that, but you've uh, Isaiah Rivera is just an incredible, I believe he clocked in a 50 inch vert off of two feet. Right. Um, you know, you'll see guys like that doing deep squats. Um, however, they're taking off in a two footed position. You're in a much, much, much lower position at takeoff. Yeah. So those are, those are your two foot jumpers are going to be more of your power athlete. Right. Um, you know, you're using more of the muscular instead of more of the tendons off of one foot. Um, so definitely doing deep squats for them is highly beneficial. Right. You know, those are the guys with the standing verts who are going to be, you know, 40 inches plus versus me, you know, my standing vert, I'd be lucky to clock in at 32 inches. Really? Um, right, right. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the sprinters, you know, the sprinters, all those guys standing verts, you know, world-class sprinters are going to be well over 40 inches. Right. Um, they're just explosive athletes, but you try to get those athletes to take off one foot a lot of times, even in the long jump Yeah. and they, they can't do it. You know, they just can't do it. Yeah. Um, so a two foot jumping, I think correlates a lot, lot better with your sprints. Um, whereas, you know, your one foot is more of elasticity of the tendons and the muscles and things like that. Right. Um, but I mean, a, a lot of high jumpers, you know, I know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Dealing. I believe he jumped 230 once. I, I saw the guy hurdle six feet, eight inches wow. um, in the high jump. Absolutely amazing. Big dude though. I'd say about uh, two meters tall, six, you know, about six, six. Wow. Um, but yeah, the guy had a, 29 inch, you know, standing vertical, but you know, you get them going off one foot and 40, 46 inches, you know, just absolutely amazing. I mean, if you have the time, look up some of his videos on YouTube, Jim Dealing, absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, freaky guy, freaky guy. But, uh, yeah, I think the deep squats are going to be more for your two foot power kind of athletes. Um, you know, they correlate more to speed power. Whereas, you know, for one foot jumpers, you're not going to like exactly what you're saying. You're never going to be in those deep positions on a high jump takeoff, you know? You, right. So it, it, yeah, definitely. I've, I've got a, a you know, a, a, it's funny because um, I was a, a double arm pump guy like you are. I think I I'd had a gather, mm-hmm. you know, and drive both arms up and go. And, you know, of course, over the last several many years, there's been a proliferation of the Europeans that are, you know, the tall and one arm goes up and then they yeah. just run off the ground. Right. And forever in a day, I remember, um, you know, my history goes back farther. So I, in the 84 games, I'm watching uh, Dietmar Mogenberg from West Germany jumped to eight and three quarters and won the Olympic gold. And he beat uh, Joburg, you know, Patrick Joburg. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about Joburg that, or you weren't, you were talking about um, high jumpers and how the training is so, so different and how, 
you know, one of your coaches said I need to run 800 meters. And my brain was like, why you're not gonna run 800 meters to the bar. And like you said, you know, 36 <laughs> feet as your approach with a, you know, a, a jog in I'm imagining and then boom, you know, you hit the gas. Um, but I watched Joburg for years said that he was a three package cigarettes a day smoker because <laughs> if he hadn't smoked, he would have been a 300 pound shot putter in his own words. So here's this yeah. six super skinny guy, you know, but you didn't have to be in that killer shape, right? You got to run 50 feet, take a jump and then sit down <laughs> like a, like, <laughs> a, like a lion, you know, or a, a yeah. cheetah when they run and they, they try to get a kill. And if they hit great, they eat. And if they don't, they sit there and they hyperventilate for like a half an hour <laughs> before they try another one, you know? No, I mean, I honestly, that's a very good analogy. You know, just a cheetah going out explosive, you know, under 10 seconds. He's out there under 10 seconds. You know, he's not, he's not an aerobic athlete. Right. You know, I'm not using, my muscles aren't using oxygen, you know, running 36 feet and popping up over a bar. Yeah. Um, so I think you, you want to be fast, you train fast. Yeah. You know, you want to be slow, you, you train slow. Right. Yep. Um, ex exact same, exact same idea. Principle. Play this, this clip back for all those uh, athletes that you get, like you even mentioned being a high jumper that you were either, you know, I don't want to say mistakenly guided towards distance, but you were doing distance because your brother was doing it. Right. So you right. Know, doing distance running and, and training all those explosive fibers to be, you know, slow oxidative, you know, slow twitch exactly. go for days, then keep going, but they're not using me that fast. Right. So um, yeah, that cross training, you know, work is, is been a bane of my existence as a coach because you get those kids who are like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do cross country in the fall. I'm like, no, 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 no. Go, <laughs> go out for volleyball. Go out for basketball. Yeah, like, yeah. like do something that's jump oriented because you go out for cross country for those months and you're just going to, we're going to have to retrain you. You know, if, like you're saying those first couple of weeks when you got back, you didn't have any twitch at all. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. So long and slow. Exactly. Huh. You, you don't, if, if you want to take high jump serious or really any sprinting high jump or anything like that, I would not, I would stay away from cross country. <laughs> Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. Definitely from the, from the horse's mouth there, you got it from, from uh, Jordan, the jump man, Westner. Um, my uh, other questions were how tall are you then? Cause we're talking about the advantages of, of tall and uh, jumping and everything. What's that, the height and the weight stats going in at? Well, you know, I'm actually, I'm about six, three, I stand about six foot three inches, um, about 200 pounds. Um, that's pretty heavy um, for a lot of high jumpers. Definitely. Um, you know, I've tried to lean down. I've been down to 175 pounds and I've been up to 220 pounds. Uh, my weight fluctuates that much. Um, whenever I was boxing, I was trying to get under, you know, the light heavyweight at 178 pounds there. Okay. I couldn't get off the ground at 178 pounds. Right. Um, I think everyone just has that specific weight. And, you know, once I get down to about 195 to 200, that's my weight. It just, I wouldn't, a lot of, I know I have athletes ask me all the time, you know, how big is weight and high jumping? if you can lose five, six pounds and keep that same explosiveness, you know, keep the, the numbers going the same, keep that weight moving two meters a second, you know, plus in the weight room, all that, you, you know, it should, it should work right on paper. But, uh, for me, once I get under 195 pounds, I start losing power. Yeah. Um, interesting. So yeah, exactly. Um, height, height's huge. I mean, height, height can be beneficial, but then you look at guys like Stefan Holm, you know, he, I think he jumped 240, 241, 240. And he was five. Um, Five eleven, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, height isn't the determining factor. However, you know, the taller you are, the more room for error you have. You know, if, if you're six five and you're five five, you have you know twelve inches of error with hips. You know, your hips are already twelve inches higher off the ground, right? Yeah, um, mass for sure. Oh. Exactly. It, it, it makes a difference. Um, but like I said, you guys, you got guys like Stefan Holm bouncing over 240. Yeah. So it's amazing that you said that though, Jordan, because I was always, um, you know, when, when I was in school, I had the, the blessing to be uh, thrown in with Del Davis, who, um, and I'll tell you how old I am now in, in 1982, my senior year in high school, I'm, I'm reading, I think it was a day after a day before the state meet, I'm reading in Sports Illustrated an article about a, a young American, uh, Del Davis, who jumped seven, seven and a quarter at Provo, Utah, who's from UCLA. And I'm reading the article and, you know, they introduced Bob Larson, who was my head coach when I was there. He was Dell's jump coach. And, you know, I'm listening to that. And then Lee Balkin, who still holds the California state high school record um, at the state meet itself, seven, three and jumped seven, six meets at UCLA. Those guys were both there. 
when I was training. Amazing. And wow. the first, my first year in, in, you know, in high school, I was 6'3", 180. And like you said, I didn't really touch the weights that much. So we didn't have a great weight room at my high school. And I walked into UCLA's weight room. It's just this mecca of stuff, you know, from Cybex equipment and dumbbells that go from zero to 150, which amazed me the first time I saw one of the hugest people I've ever seen who was there training football, obviously. This guy walked up to these two 150s and picked them up and just started doing English. I'm just like, oh my gosh, these are some of the biggest people I've ever seen. But the weight room was great, you know, and and I get in there and I put on the freshman 15 fast. I went from 6'3", 180, jumping 2 meters 10 to 6'3", 195, jumping 2 meters 5. I think I jumped 2 meters 5 once my freshman year and I just had a horrible year. But I wasn't lifting as much as I gained the weight. So my second year, I went up to full squats with 400 pounds and I jumped 7'2". So it took me a year to do that adjustment. Well, Dell and Lee were always telling me that I was too big. The same thing that you're, you're, you're talking about. They were, I was convinced that I was, you know, just way too heavy at 195, but I couldn't lose any weight either. And I, I tried to lose weight and I was at, I was already at three point something percent body fat. I don't have a lot of body fat. Wow, so that's I was mostly fat. muscle. Right? I'm, and I had people come up to me. I'm, I'm sure it must've happened to you because as, as skinny as the high jump community can be, I had someone come up to me and said, you, are you the Catholic? You know? And I'm like, I, I don't have any talent in any other events. <laughs> oh, I did a little pole vault in high school. And I'm like, no, why? You know, and they're like, well, you're kind of big for a high jumper. I'm like, oh. in my mind, I was skinny. You know, I, I'd always heard right. those words when I was growing up. 6'3", 180 was not a big free safety when I was playing high school football. I looked like I was going to break. You know, my mom was worried I was going to break my neck. So, you know, 6'3", 195, I remember walking around going, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better about myself, you know, but I didn't feel fat but I felt the same way. My best jumps were at 195. That's, that's so interesting to hear those numbers come out. So I think, I think the, the big point, right. Is the body composition, right? You know, you can be, you can be six, three, two Oh five, but if you're, you know, 10% body fat and under, that's been pretty good. But if you're six, three, 175 and you're 20% body fat, right. You know, so if, if you have accessibility to get that DEXA scan, that, that's huge. That's a huge, you know, benefit. Okay. What do you, what do you do that? How do you do that? You said getting the benefit of doing it. How do you get a, uh, you know, most universities, most of your larger, like university of Memphis has a DEXA scan, uh, machine. Uh, you know, uh, Florida state here has a DEXA scan. So, you know, it's essentially just like a little mini MRI. You sit down and it tells you your bone density, your muscle mass, right. your fat composition, all that stuff. Right. On one shot. Okay. Yes, sir. They used to, they underwater, they underwater weighed me when I was at UCLA. Cause that was the kinesiology department there was big into the underwater weighing still. So, you know, right. there's a few methodology problems with that, you know, that everybody kind of just wrote off because the, the database was so huge, you know, the cadaver studies they did and, you know, they just had all kinds of height and weight data with all the different things. So I remember getting weighed, you know, having to get all your air out. <laughs> so when I, when my body fat was around three, I get in the tank and the guy goes, let all your air out. I just went right to the bottom. I mean, I was just sitting on the chair in the bottom of the tank. (laughs) Like, you know, I didn't even have to let out my air. I was sitting on the bottom of the tank. So I thought it was pretty funny. Um, Then the, uh, I've I've got these notes that I wrote out. Um, Getting the coordination between us is difficult because we're on the other coast. I really appreciate you staying up this late. Um, Other sports, I talked about basketball dunks. Then, when you were in college, what did you uh, major in and what did you, what do you have in mind for your profession once your, your, your athletic career is over? Yeah. So um, I did my undergrad at university of Memphis of economics. Uh, I did my master's of business administration with a concentration of economics. And then I did a master's of information technology here at Florida. Um, I have a job here for actually the state lottery um, lined up. I'd, I'd like to stay in Florida, man. I, I love Florida. It's a, right. it's a fun state. It's beautiful. Um, also have a job back home um, at, for Mercury Marine, so uh, we'll see what happens there. It just uh, gets so cold back home, man. That's that's the only downside. Summers are beautiful, winters are miserable. So, <laughs> well, you're, so all you've got in the winter is Packer games, right? Or, or is that is that just certain parts of the state? What do you? What do you, do? you yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, just uh, ice fish and drink beer, right? That's, <laughs> that's the only thing you got up there. <laughs> yeah, no, not good for high jumping, but uh, it takes the edge off for sure. Um, no, that's, that's the truth do you have any uh any special uh i it's almost t- sounds like talking to a boxer and since you're a boxer do you have any uh special 
person in your life that you spend time with that you're looking forward to getting married? Are you hitched up with anybody or is it, is it like women make you weak right now and, and keep them away until this is all over? Man, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just having fun, you know, still in college here and <laughs> right. having a good time at Florida state, had a great time at university of Memphis. And, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens, you know, that's, that's right. the way I look at it. What about you? You married or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just got married uh, two years ago. My wife, Pam and I are living happily in Santa Monica in California. I'm a stone's throw from the beach. I still have, don't get there enough. I got to, this is my uh, second summer living in this house with her. So I need to get my butt down to the beach because it's, it's just beautiful down there. But, uh, you know, we're right at the end of our season here in um, California, the state meet and stuff. Cause I, I train, I have a few athletes that come back and visit me from college, but most of the time I'm training high school kids. So, you know, I have a, f- a few guys that are going to check back in this summer. So I've got a little bit of touch with the colleges, but you know, the summer is just, so we came right up to the end. We're actually still technically have a state meet next week. Um, they canceled the original one and some of these promoters came up with another one. So uh-huh. uh, smart way to make some money. You know, they're taking the top 40 people in the state. They're saying, we're going to have the California state championships quotes. You know, it's not CIF sanctioned, but nobody really cares. Um, but a lot of the kids, you know, since they know it's not the real estate meet, they're like, eh, you know, their season's over, even though they could go if they wanted to. And then there's some that are anxious to keep going. You know, you always get those types. So Wait, so now that, that's interesting. So you have you have a private, essentially a, a private state meet in a way? Like they, in a they way, took- they, they took all the high school kids. Um, here's here's the, the basic story from what I'm understanding. Arcadia is a huge meet here in California for the high school level kids. They go mostly California, but they usually pull in kids from other state, although this COVID year they didn't do that. Um, but it's a big showcase. You know, like I said, um, I met Mike Powell you know, the world record in a long jump. When I was in high school, I was a junior. He was a senior. He was a seven, one jumper. And this is a guy that did everything. He could do high, long, triple, you know, he dunked from the free throw line in those old um, Adidas footlocker dunk content <laughs> to have with the non uh, basketball players, you know, and a uh, phenomenal athlete, like, uh, you know, you're talking about two inch, two footed verticals, just standing. And I'm sure one leg was just as good with him. Uh, I know uh, I watched him do dunks in basketball that were kind of freakish and he was 42 inches, you know, vertical kind of crazy lift. So anyway, I walk into this meet at Arcadia and literally I had jumped six, eight as a junior the day before. And our coaches sent my mark in and Arcadia accepted me. And I was on the track the next day at this meet. Right. And it was, wow. a night, it was a nighttime meet under the lights. And like I said, Anthony care was there. A guy named uh, Bonner from Edgewood was there. Uh, Powell, you know, and I'm sitting there walking around like with like this kid, you know, with, with my autograph book. Like, hey, I've been reading your name. <laughs> you, you sign my autograph. You know, there these guys are looking at me like, who is this guy? And I'm, you know, opening heights can be six four. I'm just like six four, no problem. I've never opened it that in my life, but I don't care. I was just like so stoked to be there. And Mike Powell walks up to me, and it, no kidding, he walks up and he goes, hey, is that your mark right there? And I'm standing by my piece of tape, you know, I'm like, uh. No, yeah, that's that's my yeah, okay. He kind of looks at it and just he runs up, skitters his feet a little bit, and boom, you know, way over whatever the bar was set. Then he comes back, he's like, Okay, yeah, I gotta go. And he he went running down to the other end of the stadium to go long jump. I'm assuming really like (laughs) wow, you know. Um, yeah, that was uh that was Arcadia. So it's still that premier kind of meet. Uh, the requirements have dropped, like it seems, you know, in a lot of places, the, the high end is still the high end. Like when I'm, I'm talking to you, a, a seven, five and a quarter jumper, there are still plenty of guys in the U- U.S. like that. Um, but it doesn't seem like we have as many, I think, because of basketball and volleyball and, and other sports yeah. that can make a lot of money. Football has probably got their share of really great jumpers over there, too. But, um, you know, this meet has hung on. And so the last uh, last year it was canceled. They canceled it, you know, right away, right after the pandemic started and, and it bit the, the dust and it's a huge deal, you know, cause you have all the vendors that show up and they're all selling their equipment and, you know, and there's just people packed in the stands and it's a really big deal. And this year they had it back fortunately, but none of that stuff again. So I don't know what they've lost these last two years, you know, the, the sponsors, investors, because, they haven't made much more than a dime. There was, 
you could only have one or two parents with you or one coach or it was really stringent, you know, with the restrictions for COVID. Oh, so okay. They didn't make any money doing the, the Arcadia meet again this year. I'm pretty sure. So when they said that they were canceling the state meet and it's weird because California right now, if nobody out there knows the is the lowest infection rate in the nation, I think. And um, for whatever reason, with the success of the vaccinations and whatever, but even with that, they weren't able to get all the different counties involved because California is a huge state. Most people don't realize it's like, you know, it's really big and there's a from North to South, there's a lot of ground there. So the counties up North, like we never jump against those guys until we got to the state meet. And you might see them at a meet like Arcadia if they bothered to come down. So they had all these counties and they they couldn't agree on a date or a place. And they finally said, okay, we're not having the state meet. So Arcadia and, um, I think four or five big investors came up with the idea of, Hey, why don't we have a, you know, two day state championship meet that we're you know going to put on and, and make some of this money. I'm sure they're going to try to make some money back because that's cool. Yeah. yeah, They they've really taken it, you know, the last couple of years, unfortunately uh, nothing going on there. Um, What is the other pressing questions for Jordan, the jumpman Western? I swear, I wish I was on a uh, radio talk show. I just like, all right, we want to open up the phone lines right because <laughs> we finally pinned this guy down. You wouldn't believe how much trouble I've had getting getting. You got to be one of the busy guys around. So, um, just last thing before I let you go, this is this has been great. Um, what is it that you're doing now to prepare? Now the trials are a short. We, we inside a week. When you said you were leaving on Monday, right? Yeah, we leave right. Uh, we leave Tuesday. We leave the, not tomorrow, but uh, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday or and they're in Oregon. Yes, sir. Always in Oregon. Beautiful place. I have fond memories of Oregon from going against them when I was at UCLA. Um, and, and so you you fly into Oregon. And you're going to stay. Is It's in Eugene, right? That's sure. correct. Yeah, yeah. So we leave. Uh, we're going to leave Tuesday. Uh, we fly right out of Tallahassee. I think we'll get there Tuesday later afternoon. I mean, because we gained three hours coming out there, which is kind of nice. Um, we jumped. The prelims, so I don't know if they've done this in the past, but we have a prelims and final try jump. And um, the prelims are on Friday. And then I believe they take, so we're taking 24 total. I believe they take the top 12 out of the prelims. Right. Uh, then we have the finals on Sunday. We'll be jumping. Okay. And then, um, yep, Sunday, and we'll see what happens Sunday, hopefully. And then uh, I believe top six there goes to top three, obviously, if you have the standard, goes to the Olympics. And top six, I believe, goes to the Pan Am Games if uh, – they're still having it so we'll see what happens yeah yeah that's interesting well you said one thing that i really really like jordan and that was and i try to use this with my athletes all the time but i don't know if you caught it out there ladies and gentlemen but he's positive self-speak because he said we're going to jump in the prelims on friday and then we're going to jump in the finals on saturday and in my mind that says that in your mind that's a done deal and you're going to jump and make the top 12 and then continue on which it sounds crazy, but I tell you, I'm, I'm always trying to plant little seeds like that with my, my jumpers, you know, and they're saying if they're jumping, you know, I had one young lady this year who was jumping five feet early in the year and I'll be like, okay, so, you know, as we're going along, I'd be like, okay, later on this year, you know, after you've made five, four and we're taking our jumps at five, six, and I just say stuff like that. And I watch their face to see their reaction, you know, because I'm not sitting there going, I'm assuming that you're going to make five, four or this or that. I'm just like, I'm throwing it out there. Like it's already done. Like it's already written in stone. You know, like there's no doubt about this. This is not only possible, but it's, it's, it's done. You know, later on, we're going to be jumping at these kinds of heights and you know um, that the positive imagery is something that I I wanted to bring up as a um, I'm a big believer in, in visualization and rehearsals you know, uh, the, the mental visualization and, you know, a lot of things have, have been done in this country by Dwight Stones. And, you know, I, I always take my hat off to him when it comes to that area in particular, because, you know, if you were ever watch any of the Dwight Stones videos, you know, you'll see him standing up for his jump and then you'll see him going like, you know, he's bouncing his head in rhythm and you, you guys can't hear me because you're on radio, but he's, you know, he's doing this thing. And I'm like, I remember looking at him going, what's he doing? I'm like, oh, he's running his curve. And then you'll see him, you know, visualize the arms going up and maybe the knee pops up. And I'm like, so I've always tried to use a lot of, you know, 
I'm big on video, first of all, and I, I know it works from my point of view, just because it helped me so much my soft or my junior in high school, but watching it, watching good technique, practicing it, the rehearsals, like I keep telling my kids, you know, in between your, your classes, if you hated history, like I did, and you, you, you're 10 minutes and you're already falling asleep, I go get up and walk through your curve in your room, you know, and, and walk through your arm sequence or drive your knee up and across or, you know, whatever it is you can do, break these things down into different pieces. And I'm like, and it's a great way to keep from beating yourself up at practice, you know, by taking 45 million too many jumps and, you know, killing yourself with shin splints at the end of the year. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's a big thing. And um, the other thing I, I liked is, is what you said, the, the positive mental um, it's, it's something that I I'm sure that there's been tons of books written on. And of course, if you've, followed athletics the last 20 years, you, you keep hearing, um, you know, how important the sports psychologists have become. Yeah. There are negative self-speak athletes out there. And the only person I can remember ever who was a negative self-speaker that seemed to come out of it on the plus end was John McEnroe, you know, the tennis player, because he'd be yelling at the umpire and telling them that they're stupid. And then he'd be telling them <laughs> he was stupid. You know, I can't believe I just did that. You know, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. But he was a great tennis player, so I don't know. He was the only one that I know that that got away with the negative stuff. But um, well, listen, uh, I really appreciate you, Jordan, taking the time. It was a pleasure finally getting to meet you. Um, everybody that's out there, if you're as big a fan as I am, keep your eyes on this young man. He's he's jumped seven five and a quarter. I know there's there's more in the tank. Um, he's got plans. He's going to make it through to the Olympic trials, the final, and then. Top six, like you said, go to the Pan Am Games, and the top three get to go to the big show in Japan. So I hope you're rooting for him the way I am. Um, happy to see anything and everything we can get from him, uh, posts, videos that he sends graciously. And uh, I appreciate your time, Jordan. The best of luck. And if you got anything you'd like to say to the, to the podcast people out there, hit them with the last thing. <laughs> Awesome. No thank you. First <laughs> off, yeah, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, going back to what Troy said, you know, I mean, mindset is 100% it. You know, we have 10, I really think we have 15 guys in the country right now who can jump a 230 bar. Um, there comes down to two big things. You know, first off is I think the largest thing is the mindset. I know guys who go out there, they'll, they'll miss a bar and guess what? They shut down. Yeah. They just, they just shut down out there. And that, that's, that's huge. You know, if you don't have the mental mindset, that's half the game right there. You're done. Uh, the next, the next thing is, you know, the actual coaching of it. You know, I don't know a lot of coaches in the country, you know, know how to coach the high jump proficiently as guys like yourself, or, you know, I would like to give a shout out to Patrick Pyle and my current coach now, Keith Hurston. Um, you know, there's, there's a rare few coaches who actually understand the event itself, but mindset and just do the right things, eat the right food. And, uh, you're going to be successful. That's definitely it, but definitely keep that mindset in play. All right. Well, Jordan, best of luck. I'm going to be, uh, I'm really usually pretty clueless. My wife will tell you I'm, I'm the one who's like, what? I, I wasn't paying attention again. Um, I'm the guy at the track meet that they go, did you just see the guy break the world record in hundred meters? I'm like, no, I was watching the high jump. Like, I don't see anything else. I have this amazing, you know, focus or lack of expansion, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I will be watching those trials results and, and making sure that I can get to see you perform. So best of luck. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll get you back another time to talk about all those experiences and how much fun you had in Eugene. If I can throw this out there, those of you that have been in Eugene close by the uh, it's I mean, Eugene, Oregon, we flew in there and then we went right to the stadium. So there's a place in town. If you've ever if you can find it, look up Tracktown Pizza. I don't know if you've ever yep, been there. I've been there. No, I was there the last okay. time I went out there. Yes, That's sir. <laughs> a great place because they've got all these pictures on the wall of cool, sport, very cool eight, place. Right? high jump, you know, everybody, sprinters, jumpers, throwers. And then um, I think even, uh, I think I saw Russ Francis up there. I know you might not know who Russ Francis was. He's an uh, all world tight end with the new England Patriots that yeah. uh, right at the end of his career got traded to 49ers and they won the Super Bowl with him in 84 but he was like a 250 foot javelin thrower in high school in Oregon. Really? I think he, I didn't know that. That's amazing. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I might be getting the numbers wrong, but I know that he was one of those guys that I'm pretty sure he's on the walls there. I, I want to go back 
because my freshman year I got taken there by a bunch of guys. I was fortunate enough to make that travel squad and we had a blast up there, even though we got our butts kicked. And then uh, <laughs> in 84, we went up there. They always had us set up the, you know, the, the dual meets when they got us up there, it was like, it was almost, almost always Oregon weather, you know? So we're Southern sunny Southern California kids right. and we get up there and man, I'm telling you, we're inside that Olympic stadium and it's, it's, uh, 1983 is my freshman year and they're introducing us and all of a sudden the guy's talking and he goes yeah Del Davis from UCLA blah 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 seven seven and a quarter and then he stops and he looks up and he goes ladies and gentlemen is that snow <laughs> like this really? there's 5,000 people in this cold and it's starting to snow and they just start laughing and stomping their feet right this is duck weather they have us right where they want us so they just destroyed us because we're all sitting there shivering and we're not even wanting to take off our sweats. And, and, and we went through that. And then my sophomore year, we went back and they had a guy named Joaquin Cruz, who is one of the great Olympians of all time. He, he was their 400 meter, 800 meter guy. And so I, he beat us and I think he ran the 400 to 800 and anchored the four by four relay at the end. And it was a little bit closer this time because it wasn't as cold, but with him winning all those events, they still killed us. And so it wasn't until my junior year that I went there. It was cold the first day when we got there. And I'm thinking, oh, God, here it comes again, you know. And we got up the next morning and it was bright and clear and it warmed up to about 85 degrees. Wow. And we beat them 100 and something to 60. First time anybody put 100 on them. And I don't remember when, and they did not invite us back as I remember. <laughs> so that is my uh, <laughs> favorite Oregon story. But we did go once, once I had been taken to Tracktown pizza, I made sure I took the younger guys the next two years to go visit that place. And they did, I don't know if you noticed when you were there, they had something called the, the mile pizza, which was with a whole wheat crust. So I would also recommend that if they still have it. I'll have to give that a shot. Like, I mean, I'm going to be out there in a couple of days. So I'll try it. Right. And pizza oh, is yeah. a good high jumper food, like you said, because you'll, you'll burn it off anyway. Oh yeah. And you weigh 200 sure. pounds anyway, you big, heavy. <laughs> I'm a big dude, man. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm hoping one of these days, Aaron, we'll get to meet face to face give you a good handshake and a, a bro hug and uh, celebrate some, some great jumping here at the Olympics. That'd be awesome. That'd All be right, fun. sir. Really appreciate your time, man. Have a safe flight. We're looking for some great results. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Thanks for having me.